The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I am your host, Raider Greg, and we've made it to this time of the season again. And you all know exactly what I'm saying. So all I can say really is, well, you know... Close the door, turn down the computer, put on some headphones, because Raider Greg is going off here on show 360. All right, Raider Nation, on today's show, we will have... Trouble in the NFL. Yeah, they're having trouble everywhere putting asses in the seat. We're going to talk about that and how that has to do with the Raiders. Now, normally I do a post-game for our last, well, I guess you could call it a game. But, you know, I'm going to do a montage of a post-game, a where we are, and a pre-game kind of all rolled into one. You know why? Because that's how I freaking feel right now. And that is how it has to come out. And then, of course, the bone line. And that should wrap it up. Rate of fans. The Raider Nation, a mysterious island of sellouts in the NFL with 32 other teams struggling for attendance. What's going on here in Oakland and this team, mainly with these fans? Raider Nation, for the last four years, attendance at home games across the NFL has fallen four percent a year while tv has gone up an astounding six percent a year now the teams are in crying panic and there's no real big news coming out of the nfl which would be all the rich owners by the way but the fans are showing it man because teams that aren't winning aren't getting no pull baby except for the oakland raiders a, a mysterious island Amongst teams, the Oakland Raiders sell out even when we're blown out. Amazing. Long story short, TV revenue is increasing while attendance is decreasing, and the owners are kind of flipped out. For good reason. I've told you before about the monstrosity in Santa Clara. Yes, the 49ers' new stadium with insane $8,000, $9,000, $80,000 PSLs. I mean, really? Let's bring the kids. What do you think? Oh, can we get some popcorn? It's got to be at least 30 bucks a bag. It, it's incredibly crazy, ridiculous for the average Joe. That, I'm telling you, is what attracts the Oakland Raider fan home. I call it the Oakland Coliseum, home of the Oakland Raiders. It's not fancy, but it's full. It's been full for quite some time, regardless of the record of this team. Shows a lot about our team, our franchise, our ownership. Nothing fancy, 
There's nothing big about the Coliseum. Matter of fact, I call it the penitentiary of stadiums in the NFL. It's all concrete, baby. It's gray and black and perfect for the Raider Nation. Now, I know they're trying all kinds of new gimmicks to drive fans back into the seats. One of them is the fantasy football freakout. 30 million fans are fantasy freaks. They're trying to get internet wireless in all the stadiums so you could check your stats from all the other players in the NFL. I don't get it. I'm not a fantasy guy that gives a rat's ass about anything but the Raiders when they're playing during game day. So I don't understand the mentality. But, hey, man, to each their own. Seems to be a big direction the NFL is going, and up to $8 million a stadium is being spent for that luxury. Brother, put some padding on my frickin' seat. Screw that other stuff. <laughs> uh, that's just one man's opinion. But anyway, that's what's happening in the NFL, and the Raiders, with these consistent sellouts, it will be a very tough deal to uproot these guys and take them to Los Angeles. Not to say that it won't happen. Two years left, actually a year and a half left, on the contract in Alameda. It's dicey. There's no word on talks. And this uh, Coliseum City, a bunch of horse shit that that is, ain't coming to fruition anytime soon. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know that if the Raiders move to L.A., Filling the seats there is going to be one hell of a tough job. Put your goat-smelling ass in a seat at the Coliseum before it's too late. Before they blow it up and put up some crazy modern piece of shit. Go there for the classic football game in a classic stadium that it is. The place has been rocking for decades. Get there now. It's a reasonable seat, reasonable ticket. I know it's expensive. But check out the prices in some of these crazy stadiums across the country, and you will be blown away as I am. And that is all I have to say about that. Okay, here it is. It's the montage. I don't know where I came up with that, but it came out of somewhere. I'll be out of my ass. <laughs> Anyhow, the postgame for the Saints and the pregame for the Bengals. And a little bit in between, I'm talking about what the hell is going on. Of course, let me start off with the tailgate. It was a great time. I mean, literally, I couldn't say it any better than that. Off the chain, Kingsford Kirk, the barbecue was rocking. The friends were everywhere. Bob, the contingency from Philly, they were tatted up representing big time. Diehard Essex Raider was there in the house. Again, saw two defeats. I feel bad for the man. But... It was off the chain. Raider Beach was in the house with her husband, Steve. I mean, 
Houston Raiders, Steve. We had people from all over the globe. And you know what, man? There's nothing like the tailgate. Now, the game is a different story, so let me just go from the good times to the, well, not-so-good times. There was an expectation of a struggle for sure in this game. The Raider Nation thought it was rebound time, thinking that we would be thoroughly embarrassed with a 55-point slap-around, slap-a-hole performance the week before. Then we go into this, uh, this game, and quite honestly, all I can say is Marcel Reese, Carson Palmer, good job, a little bit on the offensive line other than that. The rest was some bullshit, and uh, I don't know what else to say other than you should be disappointed because I was severely disappointed that people were leaving in the third quarter, going out to the parking lot to finish their beer because it's a lot cheaper out there, and whatever else they had to eat, that's what happened at this contest. Now, I understand that we have issues. I understand that we're, you know, doing our best, uh, quote unquote, to get this team better, and we're going to work harder, and we're going to work better, and we're going to do more. I don't try to get too high or too low after a win or a loss. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. That was one of 16 games. We got 15 more of them. Uh, we're going to try to get better every week. But at the end of the day, we got to do a better job of being more consistent. Well, you know, how often do you have to hear that to know that it's just some bullshit? Okay? Let's call it what it is. Now, I know this coach is young, and he will learn how to deal with the press. Right now, he's taking shots. He's taking big shots. Now, Shanahan took the same shots. Uh, this guy's going to get he's going to get sharpened big time. Iron sharpens iron. He's getting sharpened up right now because the media is working him over. And, of course, he needs it. So let's listen to what he has to say about this game on Monday. Yesterday, uh, Mark Davis came down and said uh, the team has regressed. He thinks um, I'm sure he shared that with you. And what are your thoughts on uh, that um, well, hey, I'm right there with him. Uh, I'm frustrated. Uh, I'm disappointed. Um, you know, you wake up this morning and, and, you, and your gut hurts. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, when a man gets knocked down, a man gets up and fights. And uh, that's exactly what we intend to do. Uh, I understand his frustration. Uh, I can appreciate that. Uh, and let me tell you, there's nobody that's going to work any harder to get it corrected than uh, than I will. It's only one game, but how much would it help you guys if you just go on the road, you know, and the odds are against you? You got the Bengals playing well, and go out there and play your best game of the year and to get a win. Well, it'd be huge. Uh, we need to get a win, and that's what happens in the National Football League. Uh, you know, when you lose, uh, it hurts, rips your gut out. Uh, but a win turns everything around. Uh, a win, a win uh, makes everybody feel a lot better. Uh, and that's what we need to do. We need, we need to come together as a football team, um, and we need to all make a decision that we're going to do whatever it takes to, uh, to win football games, and that's what we got to do. Do you think the talent level on this team is a 3-7 and seven team, and if you don't, 
why isn't it? No, I think we got I think we got a a better team than that, um, and I think it it all comes down to and I've said this before and I believe this with all my heart, uh, it comes down to our ability to execute and our ability to be disciplined and do our job the right way on every single play and uh, uh, that's what I think it comes down to and it it comes down to a mindset, um, our guys deciding that you know that's enough. Okay, uh, we're not dealing with that anymore. But how much of that mindset and execution comes from coaching? Well, I, hey, listen, I think we all have a part in that. Um, I think coaching, obviously, if, if I didn't feel like coaching was important, uh, I wouldn't be doing it. Um, so I think I, I, you know, uh, I think that's part of my responsibility. And uh, I take that part very seriously because I think the mindset is as important as anything else you do. Are guys executing things properly in practice and it's not carrying over to the game? Or is it, are these problems showing up during the week? Well, I, I, think, I think some of them show up you know, during the week. Um, and you do everything you can to get those things corrected. Uh, it's disappointing when they show up in the, in the game. Uh, things happen a lot faster in the game. So uh, the, you, know, you have to be able to execute a lot faster uh, in game-like situations. There's not a magic formula, all right? It really comes down to our mindset and our ability to focus in and do our job, not just, not just during the game. It's everything. It's how we go about uh, with our meeting process, how we go about with our practice process. Uh, those are the little things that you have to do on a daily basis, which get you the results that you're looking for on game day. You know, when you get in these situations, uh, you got two choices. Okay, you can splinter and fragment, all right? Or you can come together and uh, and fight like a uh, like a 15 round heavyweight fight, and that's exactly what we plan to do. What are your emotions personally right now? Like I said earlier, upset, frustrated, disappointed. Feel like we can do better. And uh, when you pour your heart out into something, you put all your heart and soul into something, and you don't get the results that you're looking for, uh, it it ain't easy. Okay, it ain't easy. It's gut wrenching. And uh, I can assure you that nobody feels any worse about uh, the way things have gone than I do. And, uh, but at the same time, uh, nobody's looking for pity. Um, this, is a, this is professional football. All right, we've got to roll up our sleeves, we've got to go to work, and we've got to get it changed. Coach, we talked last week about making sure the team didn't mail in the rest of the season, but sometimes human nature, you kind of lose hope when you look in the standings. So how do you keep – because they get paid whether they win or lose. How much of it is on them and on you to keep them focused to win? Well, hey, listen, individually, it's on, it's on everybody individually. Um, the, 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 the term is corfing, all right, which is to deflect yourself away from things when things start uh, – begin to go badly. And uh, that's the thing you have to fight as much as anything else. Uh, we've got to internalize it and determine what can we do as individuals to make it better. Um, and we all got to pull the rope in the same direction. If things aren't going well the way they are, how do you balance making changes to try to spark things or, and versus wanting to stay the course and say, you know, I believe in what I'm doing? And Well, I, I don't think you change your overall philosophy, your overall values. Uh, but, yeah, there's things, there's things within that that you can change. Um, personnel, maybe, you know, could be a situation where you might make some changes. Uh, just the way you call the game, there might be some changes. But your core values and what you believe in uh, of being tough, being smart, being disciplined, those things aren't going to change. Are there personal changes that you're contemplating? Well, we're going to look at everything. I mean, I don't think you can go through and say we're 3-7 and seven and, and everything's okay. 
Um, you know, we got to see what we can do to get better. Would any of that be looking at younger players and maybe seeing? That's obviously that's obviously that's obviously a potential, and we've done that some. Uh, Tony Bergstrom got a lot of playing time, uh, or got some playing time in the game the other day, mostly as a tight end. Uh, but he's a guy that we're looking at. Uh, Christo Bilakiti got some playing time uh, inside. Miles Burris has played a lot for us this year. Um, Rod Streeter and Jerron Kreiner both have have, uh, have played for us this year. So yeah, we're going to look at young guys. Any reason for? Uh... Well, hopefully we'll get some of those guys back. I mean, listen, um, everybody deals with injuries, uh, and, and it's something that uh, uh, you know you can't you can't run from. Uh, it happens, um, and you can't use that as an excuse. But if we can get our guys back and healthy, um, that'll be good for us. But Dennis, you know, I think everyone understood that you guys inherited a team that had from salary cap hell. That personnel, on paper, probably, if you have a lot of people looking at it, you would say they're under under depth here. They lack of depth here. They're, I mean, you came in here knowing that. Do you think that basically you have enough good players? I firmly believe that, uh, and I think when you when you look at it the other way around, uh, that's an excuse. That's a crutch. Uh, to say you can't get it done, and I don't believe in that. All right, um, I believe that we got professional football players, um, and I believe that we can win games in the National Football League. That's what we get paid to do. That's our job, and uh, I'm not going to use anything as a crutch to say that's the reason why. How is McFadden doing? Is there a chance he's back this this week? Uh, I'm hopeful. Uh, all those guys that didn't practice last week, uh, they're all rehabbing extremely hard. We'll see. Uh, where they're at. The head coach of the Raiders, Dennis Allen, is with us here on the drive with Buker and Townsend. Dennis, I was a little surprised that your offense wasn't that good against the Saints defense. What did you think you were going to be able to accomplish with your offense against the Saints going into the game? Well, I thought we'd be able to move the football, and I thought we'd be able to score points. And uh, so it was frustrating, uh, you know, at the end of the day when we weren't able to put points on the board. Um, you know, we had uh, obviously, you know, one interception for, you know, touchdown return. Uh, we had another one on a tip ball. Uh, that that cost us a touchdown. So there's 14 point swing right there, and uh, uh, I think those were two critical plays in the game, uh, as well as uh, you know the, the the two minute drive at the end of the first half where the Saints were able to put points on the board, uh, and then to come out in the third quarter and start the way we did with the kickoff return and the next uh, touchdown. That's really what kind of sealed the game. So uh, I thought we were we would be able to move the ball, and I think we did move the ball, uh, but we didn't put points on the board like we need to. Dennis, you brought up the third quarter, and that's obviously been a problem for for three games now uh, in terms of just being outscored. What can we point to as the problem for this team in coming out of the locker room at halftime? And is it not being ready to play? How, How do you define what's going on? Well, obviously, we're not as sharp as we need to be coming out of the locker room. It's obvious that we haven't handled that situation well. Uh, we've got to be better there. Uh, we have outscored our opponents in the fourth quarter, um, so it's not a second-half thing. It's something that we got to get corrected coming out after halftime. What are some of the things that you have tried to do to this point to correct that or to to adjust that? Because I'm sure you're addressing it. I'm just well, yeah, one- we, 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 you know, I mean, we, 
it's how we go about doing our you know our halftime routine and making the adjustments and it's different speeches that you might give we take a break during practice usually about halfway through practice um you know i don't know the next thing we might do is is have them come in off the field for 10 minutes during the middle of practice, but we've got to we've got to figure out a way to get that corrected. So you have actually tried to create the scenario where uh, in practice of the halftime. Well, it's kind of built in how how we handle practice. Okay, uh, about halfway through practice, uh, we've been doing this. Uh, about, about halfway through practice, you build a break in, and that's kind of you know signifies what halftime is. But uh, you know, it's it's obvious that we got to you know we got to we got to continue to look uh, to see what we can do to maybe make that better. And coach, you know, some guys they know what the deal is. They understand the game, and they probably may understand that they're not going to be back next season. Do you think this may be affecting some certain players' performances? Well, I would certainly hope that that wouldn't affect any type of effort or performance. Uh, you know, we, we 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 have a job to do, every single one of us. And uh, uh, the things that we can control is we can control how hard we work. We can control the effort uh, that we put forth to do our job, and uh, that's what we've got to do. Uh, we can't control some of the other factors or variables uh, that go into this profession, but what we can control is is how we how we go about doing our job on a daily basis. And and as pros. You know that that's what we're expected to do, Dennis. What was your reaction when you heard Mark Davis's comments after the game? Well, I was I was right there with him as far as the frustration is concerned. Uh, you know, I, I'm frustrated. I'm disappointed, um, and 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 I can certainly understand that. Uh, you know, I wake up every morning, uh, you know, with that gut wrench and feel uh, after a loss, and uh, you know. Our job is to is to get it fixed, and uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna rest until we do. Uh, it's like a heavyweight fight. We're gonna roll up our sleeves. We're gonna keep battling, keep fighting, uh, and this thing's gonna turn. We're gonna get it turned. Mark did use the word regression. Does that bother you? No, I, I can't worry. You can't worry about that. Uh, like I said, the only thing that you can control is the way you go about doing your job, uh, and. Like I said, I'm going to work as hard as as, as anybody uh, to get this thing fixed, um, and and that's the only way that I know how to do it. And 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 I can control the things that I can control, and those are the things that I'm going to I'm going to make sure I focus on. Dennis, I'm just curious. There there've been a lot of mishaps that have occurred, things that I'm sure that you've tried to address, and yet they continue to happen. Watching you on the sidelines, I I, I how do you not like Throw, throw a fit or just chew on somebody. I mean, in your head, it has to be going, I can't believe we did that again. And yet, you don't have that reaction. How, how do you go about not emotionally responding when the same mistakes are made over and over again? Well, the thing that we try to do as much as possible is create stressful environments in practice. Uh, make it as hard as we can on them in practice, uh, create those stressful situations, and then on game day, our job is to try to help them. And uh, that's what I try to do the most. Uh, there have been times this year uh, where I've had to, uh, you know, address an individual or or address a group uh, and, and try to motivate them to do the things that, that we need to do and, and uh, uh, the things that we've got to make sure that we can control is, is uh, you know, uh, lack of lack of focus and, and lack of effort are two things that we've got to make sure that we try to eliminate and and really those are the things that that uh, 
you know, if, if I'm going to, if I'm going to lose it on the sideline, those are, those are the things I'll lose it over. Well, let's talk about the one happy byproduct of yesterday, which is Marcel Reese. Um, how, how do you plan, how does what he did yesterday impact how you plan to use him going forward? Well, I think Marcel's been a part of what we've done offensively all along. I think, uh, uh, you know, one of the things with the injuries that we've that we've uh, incurred is that uh, we, we we have found that that this guy's you know capable of carrying the load for us and carrying the ball for us. I thought he did an outstanding job yesterday. Uh, we were able to use him both in the running game and the passing game, uh, and I would I would suspect that as we move forward, uh, you know, we'll see him carry the ball, um, you know, in that fashion. Coach, we really appreciate you stopping by. I know a lot of tough questions. It hasn't been an easy season, but thank you for coming on the program, and good luck to you in Cincinnati. Hey, guys, let me tell you something. All right, it's going to turn, all right? And uh, like I said before, we're going to work tirelessly to get it done, and uh, I believe it's going to happen, and I know it's going to happen. That's exactly what Raider fans want to hear, Coach. You have a great day. All right, thanks, guys. It's crazy because nobody even is saying the word Raiders in sports. (laughs) First Take, ESPN's Radio, you name it, and the Raiders are not even on the map. Is that tragic or what? That would be a pride killer for me. It already is. It's amazing that you hear more about the losing Jets than you do about the losing Raiders. Amazing. Amazing. You know... Let's just go right to where it is. Finally, finally, Mark Davis came out with a statement. I thought it was going to be Reggie McKenzie at first, quite honestly, but Mark Davis came out, was in the locker room, and was interviewed and said he's uh, very disappointed. He's disappointed for the team. He's disappointed for himself. And you could see that Mark Davis was like us, going, hey, what the fuck? Really? I mean, that's just what he's saying In the box, I guarantee it. Reggie McKenzie is supposed to come out with a statement next week. What it will be, I don't know. I will guess that it will be, let's stay the course, blah, 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 which is usually what the thing is going to be because we're at that point in the season. So, you know, I was hoping that we could come through the season. I'm still hoping. I'm still hoping we get a victory in Cincinnati. We got a chance, tough team, but the Browns and the Chiefs should be victories for our team. So I'm I'm thinking five wins this year. I'm hoping, I'm praying. And if we can do that, I think Dennis Allen won't lose this team. Uh, You know, half these guys aren't coming back. So the guys that are playing good, they're going to come back. So that's inspiration for the players who incidentally I blame for 50% of the problem here. The coaches are another 50%. I don't know what you got to do to motivate a character. I don't know what you got to say to someone to get them to do their job. But if they can't do their job, then you know what's going to happen is going to happen next season. We'll lose half the team or more, which is what needs to have happen. Trust me, there's a laundry list I have of guys that have been here too long I need to get the hell out of Dodge so we can get this thing rolling. I almost expect there to be a firing before the end of the season. There has to be a scapegoat. There has to be someone you can go to. I don't believe Tarver will be here. I certainly do not believe Knapp will be here next year. So I think right now they're looking for people to bring in 
to interview for these positions because I'm telling you, it ain't happening. I know the offensive line coach, he's got to go. There's a lot of coaches that are out of here for sure. I don't know who's going to take the first fall. And Reggie McKenzie just might fire somebody <laughs> next week. Who knows? I do know this. The team hasn't given up, and they're going to play hard, and the tailgate will still be rocking, and we're going to go to the games and enjoy it. But I'll tell you what, just watch what happens now because now we have to look towards the draft, free agency, who we're going to cut. Hey, we just cut Curry. Aaron Curry is out. So, uh, you know, it started right now. The team is now making plans for transition. I guarantee it. Let's just watch it happen. I can't wait, man. I'm excited. Next season's going to come fast and furious, and we'll have a lot of good things to look forward to. That I guarantee. So now, without any further ado, let's talk about them Bengals. Who they think going to beat them Bengals? Who they? Who they? The banks in the Ohio comes that orange and black machine. They're the Cincinnati Bengals, the finest ever seen. With stripes upon their helmets and fire in their eyes, they take the field and will not yield. They're strong and tough and wise. Who did? Who did? Who did think gonna beat them Bengals? Who did? Who did? Who did think gonna beat them Bengals? Cincinnati Bengals are five and five, and they're a machine. Got a great defense, got a great offense. They're doing pretty good. They're in better now. They've been proved every game, and we're going into their house. And, well, this is Carson's comeback. Let's just build up this media horse crap, uh, please. Listen, man, all I want is a decent game. All I want is to be able to have these guys get on the bus without having them look at the shine on their shoes. I don't want their heads bent over like they're praying. I want them to go on the bus proud, happy, with a victory. This would be a great victory once again after the last three absolute ass beatings. It would be nice to turn that around. The only way it's going to happen is if our defense plays fucking football. And if our defense, which is our head coach's specialty, the defensive guru, along with the uh, mad scientist, Tarver, better mix up some shit, man, and put it in this guy's Gatorade so they can get up off their ass and fill out an assignment for crying out loud. But a treat for us here, Romo in studio. Uh, thanks for coming in, Bill Romanowski. No, you're we, we appreciate that very much. We mentioned we have to talk about the Raiders, and I know a couple weeks ago we were going over the schedule, and you texted us, and you said of the Ravens, the Saints, and the Bengals game, you said the Bengals game might be the toughest for the Raiders? Yeah. Um, Obviously the last two things didn't work out, so we'll, we'll see. You know, but. Yeah, well. you know what? The, there's personal experience that I have in this one mm -hmm. that every time I've been to Cincinnati, it's been a dogfight. And I'm telling you from when they were bad – to when they were good. It didn't matter. Corey There's, Dillon. He's talking about Corey Dillon. Yeah, he is. Yes, I am. Because he ran all over my ass. Okay? And put up a record on my ass. And you don't forget it. Okay? Like that. I, I don't. Okay? That, for me, was a nightmare. Okay? Yeah. And But every time, even... Earlier, my first year in Denver, we went uh, we went down there and we were firing on all cylinders. And I tell you what, we had to squeak one out 
in the last drive where Elway had another one of those huge comebacks. And that is just a really tough place to play. And I tell you what, they're a good football team. Yeah. They are a good football team. How big is this game for Carson? How big is it for Hugh Jackson? Um, To me, it's a bigger game for Carson and the Raiders. There's nothing that could help this really bad situation out more than a victory. And the, the victories solve a lot of issues. And it's like death right now. If you walked in that Raider facility, I know what it would feel like, okay? Uh, in our heyday in San Francisco, I tell you what, if you lost a game, like one game, yeah, I, my second year we lost two games, okay? Those two games, you would have thought we were the worst team in the National Football League that year. And if it's not like that in Oakland – then they've got a serious problem, and that will stem from the ownership down because you have to realize that winning is an attitude, and they have to know from the very top that what they did, and I, and I think Mark did that after the game. He said, there's one thing I can't take is regression, okay? I don't want my team going backwards. And I called Mark after that in uh, – and I told him I was happy about what he had to say. And it seemed like Dennis Allen came out in his press conference even more fired up. So they need a win to just actually be able to breathe right now. And I heard you yesterday on the football hour, which is great, by the way, with you and Woody. Uh, you were saying this is kind of a, well, I think you said not a gut check, but a little lower for Carson against his old team, right? Absolutely. You know, it was funny. <laughs> You know, I have these debates with Rod, and he's like, oh, it's not a big deal for bull crap. It's not a big deal. And if it's not a big deal for Carson Palmer, he does not have any nuts. He is not a man. And guess what? I don't believe that to be true because that guy has got nuts. He's got balls, and he plays hard. This defense needs to reach town and grab those things, baby. Because it's time to put up or shut up or move on or get out of the NFL, whatever, because this is their job right now. Players, trust me. Coaches, trust me. It's on like Donkey Kong. Every game now is, hey, this could be it for you, pal game. So, the Bengals, they're favored by eight. Oh, we suck, man. So hard to hear that shit. Anyway, listen, this game is totally winnable because the super freaks have come out, but haven't seen them in a while. We need them to come out this weekend, and we need them to come out all over those Bengal Tigers. Uh, we need to put them down, and that's it. And if it doesn't happen, well, you know what? What can I say? It's not like it wasn't expected not to happen, but this coaching staff is on the hot seat. And, uh, well, like I said, Mark Davis said it like, he, like we all feel it. All we wanted is some progress, and all we got was some de degress and uh, digression for sure. Not very happy. At least the owner comes out and says it. 
we haven't been winning, and again, it hasn't been uh, close in the last three weeks. Coming in, I didn't know that we had a uh, Super Bowl team and everything, but I can't. You can't blame it on the salary cap and all that. You have players, you coach them, and you play. You got to be Raiders. Coach Allen was not ready to concede and call this some kind of a rebuilding year. Even Carson Palmer said, "Hey, we're looking for we're looking at nine and seven. So most of these That's guys are thinking, yeah, let's just keep moving forward." Absolutely, absolutely. I'm just saying right now, I'm a little disappointed with regression. But uh, like I said, they'll fight. How frustrated are you at this point? I'm not happy. I'll put it that way. But why should I be? And why should we be? Why should anybody in this room be? But they'll fight and fix it. With all the changes uh, the franchise has gone through in the last year, um, how much of a pass, so to speak, do Reggie and Dennis both get for, for this year? How, how, how patient do you or everybody need to be with like I say, I'm patient. I'm patient, but I want to see progress. I don't want to see regression. Nobody does, and that's why I'm, I'm really happy today. But as far as the pass, I don't. I wouldn't call it a pass. They've got contracts. They're going to be here. Die as a Raider fan, and I, I, I feel for them. I really do. And we're going to get it right. If for anybody, it's for them. I can just feel how they feel because I feel the same way. I'm a fan, and uh, I take responsibility for it. And I'm going to get it right. Coach, uh, I guess the first headline uh, I want to get to you with the Raiders was the fact that the owner uh, decided that uh, he wanted to speak up, Mark Davis, and um, he talked. He, he said the R word, regression, and um, I was kind of glad to hear him say something there. Uh, he still said that he has faith in the team, but that he he apologized for the way that the Raiders are playing, and these last three games have not been very fun. But what did you think about the owner's comments? Well, I thought that was that was very reflective of how he feels. Uh, knowing Mark, having known him since he was about six years old, um, when I was a quarterback and Al came into the coach and he was running around kicking the ball away from us and, and interrupting our practices when he was a little guy. He's grown up with the Raiders. He loves the team. He realizes that he's not Al, and um, but he still wants to do what he thinks is best. And, and he's a very emotional guy. He gets very caught up emotionally. And that's what he was. That was what he was uh, responding to: is his emotions. Uh, he sees what's going on, and no one's happy with what's going on. Uh, but sometimes, when you have a team in transition, which is, you know, the way I look at it, this team is in transition. They're 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 moving from the Al Davis era to an era, a new era, and and that era is kind of still kind of unknown. You know, Reggie McKenzie and. Uh, Dennis Allen, uh, Mark has uh, turned the football part over to them. So uh, when you do that, sometimes you have to take a step backwards. And when you do that, you take a step, a little step backwards. And also, you don't have all the pieces in place, and you get injuries. You know, it, things happen. We're not the only team going through a lot of stuff right now. Well, after the game, I asked him twice, does he get involved in the in the offense uh, at all? And I remember last year we asked Hugh if he was going to you know, look in on Bresnahan when he was under heat. But Allen said that he wanted to run the ball more. And it's like, you know, I didn't demand it. It's like he wanted, almost like he has nothing to do with the offense. When you were head coach, did you ever talk to Charlie Sumner and look in on a, me- on a meeting? Or was that a completely different era? Because I would have to think that you guys were on the same page, right? Oh, yeah, I always knew what was going on, and I didn't meet with them a lot, but I knew what they were going to do, and we were pretty solid in that respect. His his philosophy and my philosophy, Charlie, had, you know, we had been with the Raiders, and then he had come back to the Raiders. And I, when we had defensive day, I watched everything that went on defensive day, 
and uh, and made sure that everything got covered. If there was some stuff that I felt needed to be covered, I would add it to the defense. But but more or less, I left Charlie alone. I mean, because he was an excellent coach, and uh, and the players responded to him. And and uh, I I spent all my time or most of my time on on offense because that was my expertise. Rick Tittle with Tom Flores, and um, you know we still see some miscommunication between quarterback and receiver, especially with Moore going the wrong way. And, and Allen said, well, you know, he missed some OTAs and some camp with injury. And you think, you know, week 10 of the season that these guys would be on the same page. They did have some time uh, in the offseason. And also, uh, is, does that come down to poor uh, coaching when it gets to the execution like that, when, when receiver and quarterback are still on different pages? Not really. Uh, sometimes it comes down to maybe overloading a player with more than he can handle. Everybody's a little different. Every rookie's a little different. Um, you know, people forget. And I went back. I threw Fred Belichick his first pass, his first drop, his first touchdown, and and he struggled his first couple of years, and to a point where the, where the Raiders, you know, he, they thought of maybe even unloading him. Cliff Branch was booed for his first two years in the stadium, and then his third year, he made All Pro. From then on, he, you know, it's all a banner of record. So people have no patience nowadays, and rightfully so. I mean, people want to see the best. And uh, so when things like that happen, it's so obvious when it happens to a receiver. <laughs> it's so obvious when the quarterback throws one thing and you run another thing. And nowadays, there's a lot of adjustments that have to be made on the move by these young guys. And, and uh, you know, that's the way it is. That's their philosophy and... and uh, not necessarily my philosophy, but but there's certain things that have to be done, and takes uh, some maturity and some learning and some a lot of uh, growing up. Well, coach, what are you? What's your opinion on the school of thought that listen, McFadden he can't stay healthy. They're not utilizing him in this scheme anyway. They the Raiders have a lot of needs, especially on the defensive side of the football. Trade McFadden, get some value for him while you still can. Or do you think, no, you've got a premier running back that when you run the proper scheme for him, he's a fantastic weapon to have. you got to hold on to that guy. Do you have an opinion on that one way or the other? Oh, I, I, would, I would never trade a blue-chip guy unless, unless you know, uh, I would never trade. You know, I, I would have trouble trading a blue-chip guy. Mm-hmm. I really would. And uh, last year he was off to an incredible start. He got hurt. The only thing that bothers me a little bit about Darren is uh, the fact that he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, this is uh, how many years? Three out of four years that he's been hurt. But he is—he is—he is a stallion. I mean, he is a blue chip player, and it's he, once you get a blue chip player, you really don't want to—you don't want to release him. You want to keep him and, and utilize him. Do you think sometimes that if you come in with philosophies and maybe the four-three doesn't suit you, the three-four might be better, and you kind of try to jam that square peg into a round hole? Or do you think that these schemes are easy enough to learn that if these guys are athletic and good enough, they should be able to play in any scheme? They should be. You know, a scheme is a scheme. This is the way it is. A football player is a football player. Football players play and make plays, and coaches design schemes. So if it's but there is a little difference in a three man line as opposed to a four man line, but the difference is the interior part of it. The outside linebackers are the same. The inside line, the interior, the inside middle linebackers, and the nose guy. But basically, that's the only difference. The corners still have to cover, and then and most teams, even though they go to a three man line, they they shift to make it look like a four man line. They still blitz in the same way. So it's not 
you know, there's, there's not a lot of difference. So with three wins left on the season, I don't think the Raiders are going to the playoffs. You don't want to mail it in and play for the next season. What can be learned at this point? Maybe Tarver learning a little bit more about defense, how to not be such a sieve. I mean, what are some of the things that you're looking for as the Raiders go on? Because there's still a lot of football left to be played. Oh, a lot of football is left to be played. Maturity of young kids growing up, making plays, getting more solid, and, and playing a, a more solid type of offense. Uh, uh, eliminating mistakes, even though you know you might go into a game mismatched because of injury or because of talent or whatever. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference, but make sure you you play it right and don't don't make it easy for the other team by making mistakes. You know, be in the right coverage, make the right calls, and uh, we have in, in the last two or three weeks we've made so many defensive miss. Uh, uh, missed calls that we've been in coverages that just, you know, are atrocious. And uh, and a, 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 a mistake in the defensive backfield is means big plays. And we've given up way too many big plays. That's Tom Flores, who should be in the Hall of Fame. And, Tom, I've mentioned to you this before, but, you know, the Super Bowl is always my age. I was 15. I was at Super Bowl 15. It's still my favorite sports memory. So I just want to say thanks again for bringing home that victory. It was a nice flight home from New Orleans with my dad and my little brother. Thanks for your time as well on the show, and we look forward to seeing you at the Coliseum and talking to you again real soon here on 95.7 The Game. All right. You got it. Anytime. All right. Very nice. Tom Flores wins two Super Bowls. Uh, And that is it. That's all I got to say about that game. There's really nothing else I want to say because it pisses me off. I hope you understand that. That's all I have to say about that. All right, Red Nation, it's time again for the Bone Line. 1-800-620-7181-1-800-620-7181. Step up to the phone, my man, and get to it. And my woman, of course. Get on the Bone Line, man. Don't be afraid. Just shout it out. Say what you think and uh, roll on, my friends, because it is good to say what you feel. Trust me, it works good for me. I am sure it would work just as well for you. Let us not forget www.raidernationpodcast.com. That's our website. Randy does a great job putting all the news you possibly could want right there in your face <laughs> for sure. And, of course, YouTube. Don't forget, hit on that for Raider Nation Videocast. Check out our videos. They are fun. Shows you what it's like at the Coliseum. Uh, Only a taste, mind you, because it is way more fun to be there. I can tell you that for show. All right, who's first? And our first caller of the show is Raider Dan from KC, in-hustle territory. He's kind of put it in perspective. Let's hear it, brother. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Raider Dan and KC watching our beloved team play. Rarely in fucking Chiefs country I get to watch them play. This is fucking depressing. You know, one thing that's pissing me off, I don't know if I'm looking at the Oakland Raiders play the New Orleans Saints or watching the fucking Oakland Raiders play the New Orleans Hornets with all these fucking ducks over the crossbar and finger rolls and switch to the left hand. Fucking hit somebody. 
and Ty looking at fucking Reach run on first down. Put Taiwan Jones. What the fuck difference does it make? But we're going to be cleaning house. Raider Nation for life. Long we beat the fucking cheese. Had to put a smile on my face. Fuck the cheese. Go Raiders. We're going to blow the team up, start all over. That's pretty much a fact. We'll see, though. And I do. We got to beat the Chiefs, brother. We have got to beat the Chiefs. Thanks for the call. And now we have a twofer. Boys, first time we've had a twofer before. The Pennsylvania Raider and Raider Chris. What is happening, fellas? I love the twofer, bros. What's going on? Yo, what's up, Nation? This is Pennsylvania Raider along with Raider Chris, Scrap PA. And we just got done watching the game, and uh, <laughs> it really wasn't much of a game. I got to tell you, man, fucking Dennis Doug Funny Allen has to go. Uh, John Gruden lit the torch, man. John Gruden, please come back home. We fucking need you. Chucky, Chucky. Absolutely, Chucky, please come back. We need you. Marcel um, Reese, keep doing your thing. Yes, which yes, yes, which brings me to uh, my next um, point. Uh, well, yeah, and you know Carson Palmer. I know you love him, like Raider Greg, but I, and yeah, the guy has great stats, but he's got. I mean, I don't know what else to say. He's not. He's he's, he's not getting us wins. He's just not getting us wins. I don't know what else to say, but um, not only him, our defense blows too. Yeah, and the defense sucks too. So, but uh, anyway, game balls, game balls to me. I think Marcel Reese definitely has to get a number game one, ball. Number one, number one. He was the only guy out there working, hustling, trying to get uh, you know, first downs. Yeah, he made that. I think it was a fumble he had or uh, whatever. But the man was money. He was our go-to guy game ball. And Raider Chris, who do you think your other game ball goes to? I say the fans at Raider Nation at the stadium for putting up with that bullshit they call a game. Yeah, yeah. And, and hey, man, Raider Greg, I would love to know the stats. Did you stay for the whole game or did you um, leave like I think half the stadium did? Uh, yeah, the man. The troops were even yawning. The troops were even yawning. Yeah, the American troops. <laughs> the troops, the salute to the troops were yawning in the stands. I think they probably thought, hey, I wish I was back in Afghanistan and watched this game. But I, I oh, man. But uh, anyway. for the draft. Yes, like you said, Raider Grave, we are playing for the draft. That's it. Hopefully we can get this ship corrected. I think uh, Allen has to go. I think fucking Reggie McKenzie has to go. Even John Madden was in the stadium going, what the fuck is going on with this team? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. But... Uh, you know, we got the Cincinnati Bengals next game. Let's try to take a bite out of the Tiger's ass. As uh, Tony the Tiger would say, they're great, but they're not. They suck to the Bengals. Anyway, this is Pennsylvania Raider along with Raider Chris. And we are out like that fat girl in dodgeball. Yeah, buddy. That was a great freaking call, man. That was great. And, uh, yeah, Chucky would have been nice. He ain't coming back. He's got it made right now. He's got it made. Make more money, less work. What can I say? As far as Palmer, man, yeah, I understand. But listen, when your team throws out, your defense gives up 55 points, 38 points, 42 points, 
Need I say more? There's no quarterback that's going to come back from that kind of devastation. I mean, maybe if you're lucky, if you have healthy running back and healthy everybody else, but we suck. We have a whole rebuilding year. Next year, half this team will be gone. We just got to look to see who's going to be staying. That's what I'm saying. So uh, thanks for the call, fellas. It was real. And next we have a first-time caller, the South Central Raider. Now, I know South Central, L.A., if that's what you're saying, brother. How you doing, Raider Greg? Uh, Raider Randy. How's everybody doing? It's my first time of a call in here. I go by the name of South Central Raider. First of all, um, I knew that this game was about to go away starting in the second quarter. You know, um, first quarter was 14. We didn't answer. We had many times, too, especially with the little Brandon Myers staying on the jig. Messed that one up. But um, anyways, I just wanted to let everybody else know uh, because I just got uh, on this Raider Nation podcast. I've been on it for about a month now. Hear, heard it from a friend of mine that's been hearing you guys. But I just wanted to go ahead and pinpoint on something that uh, I was saying before I even heard of you guys. Um, way at the beginning of the season about Reggie McKenzie, uh, a.k.a. The wizard is what they call, you know, Phil Jackson, the Zen master, they calling him, you know, Reggie the wizard. Um, Reggie basically said that uh, he's getting, trying to get the team together, but it's a lot of cap issues going on, and it takes time, and, you know, to build an elite uh, team. He was saying that, and the first thing came up to my mind, okay, that's two years, basically. That's counting this year, 2013 also. You know, how he ran his uh, operation in Green Bay, he's pretty much getting it together over here. It's going to have to take about two years. going to have to basically get rid of all the old people, all the old contracts, you know, that's still going, and then get the money right and start building. Everybody thought I was tripping, and now that we're 3-7, and seven, I guess what I'm saying now is turning out to be true, you know. And now that I'm bringing it out to you guys, I just want to know to everybody, all the Raider Nation, you know, what do you think? Am I finally, uh, <laughs> is it right what I'm saying, pretty much, you know, from what I said from the beginning? Because uh, the way it's going right now, Tampa Bay 42-32, Ravens 55-20, and then now this one, 38 <laughs> and 17. Um, don't get me wrong, you know, I'm I'm a Raider Nation, you know. I've been a Raider fan ever since I heard it was a football, and that was in, you know, 84. But uh, I'm just trying to be real with this. We, yeah, we're rebuilding. I'm still going to watch every week. And, hey, go Raiders, you know. But uh, we'll, we'll see in the midst who gets handpicked throughout the rest of the, you know, the season and next season. All up to 
2014. I'm out, Raider. And yes, we did know it was a rebuilding year. And yes, but still, man, you look for some kind of improvement, brother. We were 8-8. Eight and eight. We did lose some talent. But, you know, you looked for something. You looked for some change here a little bit. A little bit of improvement each week. And it seems like the defense has failed us worse every week. Uh, seems like the offense to just uh, forget about it and uh, because the defense will just give it on up. So thank you for the call, brother. And by the way, Raider Chris in Scranton, PA, and the Pennsylvania Raider, I left the game with 10 minutes left in the game to go down and get a beer out of my trunk of my car because it was a lot cheaper than paying 8 bucks. I wasn't going to pay 8 bucks for a beer for this team. That's a fact, Jack. And next, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, and this is no joke. This is Houston Raider Steve, you know, the oracle of the Raider history there in Texas, and uh, he's a very nice guy. What's up, brother? Hey, uh, Raider Nation. Boy, I tell you what, it was great seeing Randy and Greg and Maddie Raider, Essex Raider, uh, Natalie, of course, Raider Bitch and her husband. I prefer to call her Natalie, of course. And uh, President Steve, Philadelphia Gang, and all the uh, Lori, and all the other uh, Jerry and everybody. And, of course, uh, Violator and all those guys. And uh, anyway, even though we didn't win the game, we had a great time at the tailgate, my Raiders brothers and sisters. Well, I tell you what, I was uh, called in the toll-free number to the Saints uh, post-game show. I listened to them quite a bit, living in Houston. Talked to Bobby Abier and everything, the Saints and Falcons quarterback, and I told him, I said, you know what? We got beaten off three phases of the game, and uh, I hate to say it, you know, it's just uh, it's not happening with my team. He says, how was it up in the game, up at the stadium tonight? And I said, well, you know, there's always there was a couple of Saints fans that kept taunting us the whole game. I said, when you go into somebody's house, you be respectful. You don't start a bunch of crap without expecting people to give you the bird and the words and maybe some fights and stuff. So the fights were at a minimal up in the stands. There was a couple, which you kind of expected when people start, you know, they've had all day to drink and stuff. But anyway, it was awesome seeing everybody at the tailgate, Kingswood Kirk and everybody and all the people I just mentioned. This is uh, like Christmas to me every time I go out there and see everybody because you guys are my brothers and sisters. Like uh, Natalie and I were saying, you know, we're a big family and everything, you know. Because we all have the passion for the Raiders. People that don't follow the Raiders don't know, understand the passion. Only Raider fans know what each one's going through. You know, it's a kinship we have with each other for the rest of our lives. So it's just awesome seeing everybody. That's what I come out for is the tailgates, and the game is just like the cherry on top of the, the Sunday, as we say. Yeah, we had the Texas Science butt kicking. But Drew Brees is going to go down probably as one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. My dad used to say John Unitas was the best of his time. And uh, Drew Brees is on the short list. Unfortunately, it didn't go the way we all planned. But you know what? We're still going to be fans. People talk, walk up to me and tell me, you know, how come you're a Raiders fan? Your Raiders team sucks or your Raiders team's horrible. I don't know. You don't jump ship if the marriage goes bad or you're going through some rough spots. You just hang in there, man. People tell me, my sister tells my little nephew, his name is Bryce. She goes, you know what? Your Uncle Steve, man, he's a true fan. And I'd say, well, I'm not the only true fan. There's quite a few of us out there in Raiderland, my brothers and sisters from the podcast. We just we just hang in there with our team, you know. We're just passionate about because we love our team so much. 
it's an awesome thing we have. And it's, uh, that's why I come out here to see everybody. Because living in Texas, sometimes you feel like you're kind of out there on, you know, out there drifting out in the sea and everything. And you see all the Raider fans at the tailgate. They have boys barbecue and see people up in the fans. People coming in from Sacramento and all over, you know, Los Angeles. Well, we have a lot of people coming in from Los Angeles for these games. They're season ticket holders. We have people who fly in from Albuquerque, season ticket holders. And I've been fortunate enough to be a first-time season ticket holder. And I'll probably renew. Is that so much I love the Raiders like you all do. So it's just awesome seeing everybody. Hope everybody has a happy Thanksgiving and happy holidays. Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, whatever people celebrate here, my brothers and sisters. It was awesome seeing everybody. And I can't wait to see you all again because uh, you're the reason why I'm a Raider fan. That's a big part of it, every single one of you. And God bless and go Raiders. We're going to be back, baby. Might take longer than we expect, but we're going to be back. Have a great night and God bless. Need I say more, man? Houston Raiders Steve. Personable. You know, this is the kind of Raider fan out there. Yeah, the thug. Houston Raiders Steve. <laughs> Great guy. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller is a very good friend and a very emotional Raider fan. I love this guy because, you know, he just sounds like the rest of us. Uh, you know, we're dedicated to this team and, you know, he feels it deep. What's up, Steve? Hey, Raider Greg. It's uh, Raider Steve in Vegas. Um, I just watched the Raiders get beat down by the Saints. And to be honest with you, it really doesn't hurt anymore. It's like you said in your last podcast, just, uh, you know, just kind of let it go, man. You know, I don't get upset about it anymore. I'm looking towards the future. Um I know a lot of people hate Dennis Allen, and to be honest with you, today I was questioning him myself because I don't believe last year's Raiders would have gotten beat up like they did today. However, um, I watched Mark Davis's press conference afterwards, you know, and, and he said he, he wasn't happy about it, and you know, to be honest with you, it gave I was positive about it because you know why. Mark Davis did not fly off the handle and say, we need big changes or anything like that, you know. He said the team is going to continue to fight. And to be honest, I don't think that that was the problem today. I, I, I think the, the team continued to fight. Uh, I think uh, we need to realize that this team is severely lacking in talent. We have about... I don't know, maybe six guys, four to six guys on both sides of the football, all together, four to six guys who are worth keeping. And the rest are just backups or cast-offs from other teams. You know, and um, I know that's hard to swallow because you look at, like, the 49ers and the Colts. Um, they, they do – they go from – doing nothing last year to doing something this year. Um, the bottom line is the 49ers, they, everybody was saying for years that they should be a, the number one defense because they got all sorts of talent. The team's got all sorts of talent, you know. Uh, the Colts, they got Andrew Luck, man. And that guy's going to be John Elway plus one or two for the next 10 years. That guy is amazing. 
you know, so I don't feel that bad about it. Um, you know, it fucking sucks, man. I feel as a Raider fan that, that things, you know, just based on deserve, the Raider Nation deserves a win. We deserve to feel good, to to get something, you know, uh, to win a Super Bowl, to go to the playoffs. We deserve it, man. We all put our time in. It's extremely frustrating, and it hurts me. The it, it really hurts me, man. I fucking hate it. Um, my oldest brother, he's been a Raider fan since birth, but he doesn't follow it like you and I do. So the last three years, he's really getting into it. And I can see myself and him, and he really takes the losses hard, man. Um, and I take them hard, too, but watching him has kind of made me feel better. Um you know, I feel like the older elder statesman, man. Like, you know, let's step back and realize what's going on. Everyone says our coach is a genius, so to speak. You know, they haven't said genius, but he's, you know, he's a rising up-and-comer. This is his first shot. Reggie McKenzie, you know, he's a genius. Look, we can't fucking blame these guys because at the end, I'm sorry, I'm going to use end of the day, and that's been in my speech ever since you said it. The thing is, John Madden and Ron Wolf picked Reggie McKenzie. Mark Davis followed their suggestion. He picked Reggie McKenzie. Reggie McKenzie picked Dennis Allen. We have to follow those guys because they know what they're talking about. They know more than us. And unfortunately, it's going to take more than a year, you know what I mean? It's going to take two, three, four, five years to get this thing fixed. It doesn't matter. We're not going anywhere, and I'm not going anywhere. Keep up the good work. I'm out. Oh, yeah, Steve. Hey, the coach ain't going anywhere, but the staff is definitely going to change. They're going to run the same kind of offense, but it's going to be better because we'll have somebody else calling it the defense will improve because that's where we'll spend 90% of our draft picks. And so it goes on from there. And we just got to just work the rest of the season out and not get too emotional because it's going to get better. I agree, brother. Thank you for the call. And next we have Raider Chongo from Kapalapalapalapalapalus. <laughs> Sorry, brother. What's up? Raider Ray, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is Raider Chungo calling Copperables, California again. You know, the last few weeks been calling in, even though stuff hasn't been aired. That's cool. I understand how it goes. But I've been saying the same thing over and over again the last few weeks, and I'm going to keep, you know, playing this trumpet. I'm sick and tired of hearing people blame the coaches. This is driving me nuts. You can't blame the coaches for Michael Huff leaving Lance Moore wide open in the end zone on um, was the third down play or whatever. You can't blame the coaches for a bunch of for a couple of defensive linemen in the middle that refuse to make any plays like Tommy Kelly and Richard Seymour. You can't blame the coaches for really crappy tackling. The fact of the matter is blaming the coaches is the Al Davis syndrome. All due respect to Al Davis, he had one thing he always did. He always felt that every team he ever put together could win a Super Bowl any season. You might enjoy the hubris. The fact of the matter is, 
every time they didn't, he would just whack all the coaches. He'd blame all the coaches. It was never his fault. And the fact of the matter is, this team is extremely flawed. It needs to be built from the ground up. And you don't do that by throwing out $100 million every season to a couple of free agents, making wild pickups on guys who are older, and making crazy draft choices. I mean, I like I said, some of them turn out even Darius Hayward Bay is playing a lot better. But the fact of the matter is, that's not how you do it in today's NFL. We need to keep this coaching staff together. We need consistency. It's not, it's the players. It's not the coaches. Everyone has a thing. Well, who's Greg Neff's fault for why Jeremy Fenton hasn't done anything? Bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Last two weeks, Marcel Reese has ran with extreme efficiency behind the same offensive line that Jeremy Fenton ran behind. Has anyone considered maybe it's Darren McFadden that doesn't fit into this scheme? They used to say, why change the scheme? Because it's a new owner. A new owner who picked his GM. A GM who picked his head coach. That's what happens. And for once, this change isn't because an owner just got a wild hair up his butt. It's because the great owner, Al Davis, passed away. And this is what happens. Same thing if you sell a team. Same kind of thing happens. This is a natural process. We absolutely have to be patient and let it go. And I don't want to hear people bitch about Carson Palmer. He's the one player that's holding this whole thing together. I don't want to hear people bitch about the coaches. That is nonsense and it is absolute. I just can't take it anymore. You know what? I'm done. I'm out. I appreciate the passion, man. Yes. And the players are to blame a lot of times because there's a lot of standing around and not a lot of tackling and not a lot of catching the ball, too. A lot of penalties, too. Our, pl- our team just playing like crap. But the 49ers played like crap until Harbaugh came into the door, changed their whole thing, and the next season it was on like Donkey Kong. And, yes, better players probably. But, yes, I I do agree the players have to play better. But, hey, man, the coaches have got to coach better because it, it looks juvenile out there, brother. The plays we're running, the, the, the type of offense we have is so basic compared to the rest of the NFL. Check it out. Tell me if I'm wrong. Thank you for the call, brother. And next, my Ontario brother, Raider Base. What's up, bro? Yo, what's up, Raider Nation? This is Raider Base calling from Ontario. Um, I just got done watching the game, and and I was watching some some interviews online, and I truly think that it starts with the owner about this bull crap. I see him talking. There's no passion in the guy, man. There's no passion. It sounds like he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about, and um, he's just the owner because he happens to be Al Davis' son. So, I don't know. It starts with him. I haven't seen any interviews with Rich McKenzie. Um, I've seen the interviews with Dennis Allen, and he's, I don't know, he's just talking out of his ass. I see that because, eh, Every week he talks, oh, we just got to get back to work. We just got to get back to work. We got to get back to work. Well, what the hell are you working at? Because uh, 
whatever you're doing is not working. For the exception of some players, Marcel Reese had a hell of a game. Um, he's one of the players that was playing with a lot of heart, and I appreciate that. But yeah, dude, it's 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 not cool to be, get to get blown out. You know, keep it close. If you lose, whatever. But to be getting blown out in front of your home crowd and getting embarrassed. You know, that's not cool because, you know, people work hard for their money to go watch a game and, you know, that kind of ruins your day when you see your team go down like that. So I know some people go there for the tailgate or whatever just to have a good time. But, you know, at least make the game competitive. Um, And like I said, it really does start with the owner. That guy, I don't know, he just looks like a damn weirdo, you know, freaking haircut and everything. But anyways, um, I see us keep losing, and and I, I don't see anything getting better. So we'll see at the end of the season where we are and see who's still on board next season and see what happens. But something needs to happen with ownership because um, there's no passion at that guy. So we'll see what happens. All right. It was nice talking to you guys. I love you guys, and you guys keep it up, man. Thank you. First, I have to say Mark Davis does want this team to succeed. Now, I don't know how deep of a love he has for the team. Him and his dad had issues like every son and his dad, I'm sure. So, you know, I got to give him a break. The coaching staff, I'm not giving them a break. The players, I'm not giving them a break. And I'll tell you one thing about the coaching staff, and I know our the last caller was pissed about this, but I don't care because when you have Marcel Reese and you don't use him until like eight or nine games into the season, like you didn't know he was something we had from last year, you didn't realize the potential that he had. And yeah, you, you gave him a lot of lip service in camp, but you just now started to use him. That to me is bad coaching. I mean, come on, man. Bad coaching. So it is what it is, but I'm sticking to those guns. I mean, we got some bad coaching, and that's all I got to say about that. And next we have the Raider General from Grand Lansing, Michigan. I hope I'm right with that. Grand Lansing, Michigan. But what's up, man? I know you're feeling it. Hey, Raider Nation, Raider General in uh Grand Legend, Michigan. I had a long rant last week, and it was mostly about the players, and I left off the coaches because uh, I think that's a given. They're all tools. Uh, I got to say something right out of the gate. Chucky looked really good in that visor, man. Those colors suit Gruden. Come home, Johnny. Come home. You know, Mark Davis needs to channel a little of his dad sack Allen's ass right now. I know a lot of people don't believe that, but I think Allen is out of his depth, man. He is a deer in the headlights. And at the end of the day, dipshit, it's all about the wins and losses. It's more about that than that right now. No team should look this badly, even with the talentless team we have right now. We are getting mowed over, and it's embarrassing. Last week I was like, yeah, you know, just to, you know, grin and bear it, enjoy what we, you know, after this week, keep Reggie, bring on Chucky, 
and build a freaking dynasty. You know what I mean? If we get rid of Allen, let Chucky come in with Reggie and have them build a team for the ages. I'll tell you, I when I saw Gruden in those colors again, I mean, it gave me goosebumps. All right, guys. I'm out. Later. Oh, man, it sure was nice to see him with that uh, visor on and that familiar face. You know he loves the Raider Nation, too. He loves us. You know he does. Uh, he always talks positive about the Raider Nation because he was there. He was part of it, and he is Raider Nation for that matter. He ain't coming back, brother. We're stuck with Allen. I don't know if stuck is the word. I think we got to give him another year to grow up, man. He's learning a job. And uh, McKenzie's going to take him through it. And hopefully we get enough players and, and make things better. But I know we we need a couple coaches to go. That's for sure. Thanks for the call, man. And next, my very, very good friend, the man who takes it to heart, <laughs> the man who goes to every game, Juan Jorge, what is up, my man? <laughs> What's up, Raider Greg? This is Juan Jorge calling in. And, well, our season is obviously done. Our season is over. The fat lady's on the mic singing. Um, it's done. But to put our season into perspective a little bit, right now we would have the fifth or the sixth uh, draft pick right now, number six or number five pick. If that doesn't put our season into perspective, I don't know what does. I mean, the the issues range from all over. You could point the finger, you could take a 360 turn and and have the whole team around you, uh, kind of like in a huddle. Um, take a 360 turn with your finger pointing out with everybody in the organization, McKenzie, Allen, everybody. Have everybody in the locker room, in the circle, Close your eyes, do a 360 turn with your finger point out, and when, once you stop, you can blame that, blame that guy, I'm sure. Everybody is to blame. Everybody. We're three and fucking seven. It, it, I mean, this is just, after going eight and eight the last two years, and this is the product that we get, are you shitting me? Like, what? I just don't, I don't understand why the Raiders are this bad. Because... I mean, we're one play and one or two calls away from making the playoffs last season. And unfortunately, I hate to say, and I hate to bring this up because you can only you can only beat a dead dog so many times. But how do we have had Hugh Jackson? Would things have been different? And I would say it would because this offense doesn't fit our personnel. It just doesn't. Yeah, Marcel Reese was able to get 100 yards rushing this, this this week, but it doesn't fit our offensive line. Our offensive line can't block five parts cars. I mean, it's so <laughs> they're 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 on roller skates all day. Palmer's being under duress all day. Our defense is pathetic. It is pathetic. They, I mean, they've given up over 100 points in the last three weeks. I don't know where we go from here. I mean, this is going to be a very interesting offseason. It, it really is. I'm not sold on Dennis Allen. I don't, I don't and I, I, I know, I know, I know, I know, you, but you, you can't just fire someone after one year. I know that. 
but who knows? It's 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 his call. This is his first time where he's been a you know an, an owner. So if he's pissed off at this, who knows what he'll do? Honestly, if it were Al Davis, I know Dennis is fucking gone at the end of the year. I'm sure Dennis wouldn't even have been a head coach under Al Davis. But I'm saying if it got to the point where Al hired him, he's gone. He's so gone. <laughs> you know, I know it. everybody else knows it, but. I don't know where we go here from here, Greg. Um, unfortunately, the tailgate was the best part um, on, on, on Sunday, um, and that's really shitty. I mean, I have a dream that one day the team will acclimate or will take part in being proud of the fan base they have and being up to part of that because this fan base has been struggling for a decade now, we've been going through hell and back, and we deserve better. We deserve better. Um, the true Blue Raider Nation is always here. You know that. I know that. Um, it is what it is, though, Greg. Um, well, that's all I got to say. I'm out. And that would be 137 points in three weeks, I believe. I could be wrong, but I think it's close to that. Nonetheless, the defense is dead. Uh, that's the defensive coach, or head coach, that is. Fix Denver's defense. Well, you know, I'm not going to get too into it. We got a lot of rebuilding to do, and, you know, we'll see some changes. That's all I know. We have to because, yes, the games are difficult to watch, and people do put down their hard-earned money these are blue-collar fans with blue-collar dollars, and this team should play better for them. Thanks for the call, Juan. And next, we have Raider Sid from Palm Desert. I love the desert, brother. I used to live there. What's happening? Hey, Raider Greg. This is Sid from Palm Desert, California. Uh, I tried to call yesterday. I couldn't get the couldn't get the phone call out through the vomit. I was that sick by the Raiders. So-called game against the Saints. Man, they just love to break my heart these last few years. We started looking good last year with you. Show some improvement. And then Al Davis unfortunately passes away. And what happens? We get the three Stooges to run the freaking organization. Out goes the winning ways of the Raiders. Out goes the identity of the Raiders. We got some young coach out there that none of the players are respecting right now with his so-called game plan and defensive genius. We got Reggie McKenzie who bumbles his way through press conferences. Not sure I ever heard him answer a question in between the um and the uhs. And we got Greg Knapp over there who I'm sure is asleep taking a nap during the games. I mean, I don't know what offense he's calling. We're going three and outs and acting like it's okay, putting the ball away, not doing anything aggressive. I mean, we're a losing team right now. You would think we'd do a little bit aggressive play calling, game planning, something. But no, we just let the Saints charge on down the field, and against their league-worst defense, we can only muster a few points with our high-powered offense that I was hoping we'd have this year. It saddens me. It brings me down, and God damn it, we need a winning season soon. 
Get rid of Dennis Allen. I can't stand that guy. A little soon. I know it won't happen, but I'm hoping. And I'm tired of Greg Knapp. Get him out of there as soon as possible. Anyway, I'm hoping for the best in the years to come. And hope you have a good day. Very frustrating season. I can hear it in everybody's voice. We all know what time it is. It's time to hang it on up, folks. <laughs> That's right. No chance for postseason. We're just going to watch our team fiddle and fumble through the rest of the season. And, you know, hey, listen, man, just the fact that they have so many fans turn out is amazing. Our next caller came to two games this year. Die Hard Essex Raider. What a dude. Great guy. Tremendous fan. Great fan, actually. Loves the Raiders. Travels this far just to see the Raiders. And he had to look at this horse shit. I'm feeling bad for you, brother. But it was great to see you at the tailgate. What is up? Hello, Raider Nation. This is Die Hard Essex Raider, first time on the bone line, calling on my last day in California after seeing the Buccaneers and the Saints game. And, well, where do I start? The team is a mess. There's no leadership on and off the field. There's just no decent coaching. There's no desire from the players. It's absolutely terrible. It reminds me of the Art Shell days in 2006. I think Coach Allen has just been employed above his ability level. He's not a head coach. He just doesn't have that that aura or that kind of esteem that players are looking for. And what made it even worse on Sunday was seeing John Gruden there, a proper coach who could sort this team out. That's what we need, another Gruden. Coming back to the team and instilling some discipline and some work ethic and some proper coaching. That's what we need. The defence is a mess. I mean, Alan's a defensive coordinator. He should know what he's doing with that defence. But it's a mess. And what's really pissing me off is people slagging Palmer off. Palmer's really our only decent offensive player. He's having a great year. If it weren't for him, we'd be in a right old state. It's just, uh, it's just shocking. The fans are coming out every game, filling up that stadium, and they're being robbed. Robbed of their money on a terrible team which should be doing a lot better. But uh, we, we Raider fans, we made a sterner stuff. We'll be back for more. I know I will be. But hopefully the team will be a lot better next time I return. So uh, keep the faith, Raider Nation, and I'm out. Could you say it any better than that? The fans are being robbed. They're being robbed of their hard-earned money. Way to go, brother. Way to lay it out there. Man, Richard, it was good to see you. Have a safe trip home, and we will see you again. Hopefully this team will be worthy of your trip that far to see the team. Our last caller is a classic. I love this call. It's pretty damn funny. Check it out. Uh, we got in Dennis Allen on the line. Hey, what's going on, DA? What's going on, brother? <laughs> Raider Greg, Raider Randy, it's Coach Allen here of the Raiders. Just uh, like to tell you, I really enjoy your show. Just wanted to call in today. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff we're doing right. You know, a lot of stuff. 
doing a lot of stuff. You, you might have seen some improvement in the last game. A lot of positive points I need to point out to you. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it really doesn't you – can't, you can't rate us by our record. We've done a lot more than, than you're actually seeing go down out there. Um, really, at the end of the day, you know, this last game, did you see a fake field goal for a touchdown? No. Improvement. Did you see a fake punt for a touchdown? No, no. Like I said, a lot of positive points. You know, we put Taiwan. People want to see Taiwan. We finally put Taiwan in the game. You know, he's hurt now too. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you look at how it all how it's all turned out, um, you know, I think you'll see that we're going in the right direction. You know, Carson Palmer's growing a mustache. Offensive line's growing a mustache. It's called a, a Movember. It's a mustache November thing. You know, at the end of the day, that's cool. That's really fucking cool. Anyways, uh, this is Coach Allen. Just wanted to touch down with the Raider Nation. Love you guys. You guys are wild animals. Wild animals. We do it for you. And at the end of the day, I just want you to know, Dr. Phil wants you to know, that, well, I'm basically... I have been, for a long time, a rotten little bitch. And that's it. Coach Allen signing out. Now that is a fucking phone call. Movember? Are you serious? That is hilarious, dude. That is so funny. Great call, brother. I loved it. See, that's the kind of calls we need. Because, man, we're all tired of crying. It's time to laugh. Hey, man, what are you going to do? Have another beer? Watch your team? Uh, you know what? Got to wait till next year. So, hey, man, let's just hope that we go in there and, and tame the kitty cats and get them knocked out of their high horse at five and five. <laughs> I wish we were. Anyway, man, we are who we are. Let's give Alan a, a little bit of a slack. Uh, we have to because we're going to keep him for another season, I think. Who knows, though? Stranger things have happened. In the Raider Nation, I am Raider Greg, and I am out.